Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. Got a good guest coming up at 7:20. A real good guest, Jake Arians, son of Bruce Arians. He'll talk to me about Week Nine, about the NFL, and whether or not his dad might be returning to the NFL as a coach. There's rumors about him coming back to the Cleveland Browns, so we'll get it right from Jake. Looking forward to that conversation. But uh, let's take a look at a little news, and then we'll get to the week of that that's happened, and then. Uh, Let's start it out with Paul Richardson from the Washington Redskins. If you have him, done. Done for the year. Season-ending surgery, hasta la vista. Not that you're probably playing him. I really like Paul Richardson coming into this year. I did. But then I forgot that Alex Smith was his quarterback. So, bye. Bye, bye, bye Paul Richardson. A.J. Green won't have surgery but we'll be out at least a couple of weeks. At least a couple of weeks. Looks like two games. No surgery, but two games. Chris Carson, not going to practice much this week. May not play this week. Geronimo Allison, big significant surgery. Going to have a groin surgery. Looks like he's done. Marquez Valdez-Scanling, boom, come on in. Going to be the number two receiver there for Green Bay, and I like him. Sadly, I dropped him in the high stakes league last week because I had no tight end. Wish I didn't have to drop him. Now he's out there as a free agent. We're going to have to spend to get him. Don't know if I can get him back. That's like your nightmare. You drop a guy for a week. You hope he doesn't do much. Oh, somebody gets hurt. That's why. That's why you always, uh, depth is so important in leagues. Chuck Clay, week to week with a hamstring injury. Aren't we all week to week? But I'll say this. Charles Clay looks like he's going to be out. Logan Thomas. Caught seven passes. Do you remember Logan Thomas at one point was the quarterback? And now he's a tight end. So uh, I guess if you need somebody for 2500 on DraftKings, he might be your guy with Nathan Peterman throwing him the football. Yeesh. All right. Joe Flacco is going to be their starter, says John Harbaugh. Did he watch that game? I don't know about that. But the problem is this. Lamar Jackson can't throw a football. He legitimately can't throw a football. I mean, this guy thinks he's a he's a shortstop throwing a one-hopper. The problem is you can't throw one-hoppers in football, Lamar. So I guess you need Joe Flacco, and then Lamar Jackson has to work with, all, with anybody you can find for him. Anybody you can literally find for him with a quarterback guru. You're going to need that because he can't throw a football. All right, let's break down some of the games. Then we'll talk to Jake. We'll break down more games. And, of course, we'll talk about the Monday night matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. 
Yes, the offensive explosion that's going to happen tonight in a 19-16 game. Yawn. All right. Bears and Bills, let's start it up with this. If you owned Mitchell Trubisky, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and especially Tariq Cohen, there is a very good chance your team crapped the bed this week. And I'm sorry about that. I am. I'm absolutely and unequivocally sorry about that. But this is fantasy football. So let me explain. Game flow didn't go your way. It's 28-0 at halftime. The Bears' defense was out of control. They had like 17 sacks and 47 fumble recoveries and three interceptions. They scored a lot of points. At that point at halftime, did you think you needed Tariq Cohen? Did, did Mitchell Trubisky need to throw the football? No. And that's why game flow is so important in the NFL. So what do you do with those guys? You just start them next week is what you do. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. I get that. And I feel badly. But there's nothing we can do about it. There is legitimately nothing we can do about it. We just go on. We go on and do what we do. For Buffalo, I feel so badly for LaShawn McCoy. The guy had 10 carries for 10 yards. Chris Ivory was better. And by the way, are you telling me that you couldn't got anything in a trade for LaShawn McCoy if you're the Bills? You don't think the Eagles would have given you a third-round pick? Oh, we're going to build around McCoy. What are you building? Your team sucks. Your offense is four years away from being decent. When you're signing Terrell Pryor, you know you're in trouble. And let me tell you something. Kelvin Benjamin, man, that guy's got to be, he runs the laziest routes I've ever seen. Overrated. Really. Terrible. What a bum. All right, Carolina against Tampa Bay, 42-28. to You started Cam Newton. You had a good day. You didn't have the great day that you were hoping about in DFS. You didn't have that day you were you really thought was going to get you the million dollars. But Christian McCaffrey played well. DJ Moore was exciting. DJ Moore could have done more, truthfully. He had that one carry for 32 yards, had one catch. He could have done more. But the truth is that Greg Olson had the great matchup. Tampa Bay, horrible against tight ends. Greg Olson had the matchup of the year. McCaffrey played well, and that's all they needed. For Tampa, I got to give Dirk Cutter a little credit. Here's a modicum of credit for Dirk Cutter. They were down 35-14 at halftime. The easiest thing for him to have done would have been to have started Jameis Winston in the second half, but he didn't. He stayed with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and the truth is, is that Tampa Bay was in it in the fourth quarter. They were in the game. They just couldn't stop them. The Panthers. But there's no running game to speak of there with Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers. And the truth is, is that Mike Evans is a guy that you absolutely must trade at this point. You have to trade him away. So let me explain. When Ryan Fitzpatrick is there, he throws the ball to O.J. Howard. He throws the ball to Deshaun Jackson. He throws the ball to Godwin. He throws the ball to Humphreys. He throws the ball to Evans. He spreads the ball around. 
When Jameis is there, it's Evans, 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 OJ, Evans, 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 OJ. Right? That's how it goes. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the quarterback, Mike Evans' value plummets. Literally plummets. So if you own him, you better trade him quickly. All right, the Chiefs and the Browns. I would be very excited if Bruce Arians took the job with the Browns. I think the Browns are close. I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I mean, I may be crazy, but I'm not crazy about this. Baker Mayfield is legit. Tell me right now, outside of being a Patriots fan and a Chiefs fan and a Packers fan, are you telling me that you wouldn't want Baker Mayfield as your team's quarterback right now? You probably would. That guy's good. All right, maybe he's not better than Carson Wentz, but if you were a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan right now, you take him. If you're a Washington Redskins fan right now, you take him. If you were a Giant fan right now, you take him. If you're a Jet fan, you take him too. Don't tell me about Sam Darnold. You take Baker Mayfield. He looks great. Nick Chubb is good. Duke Johnson. Whoa, Duke Johnson. He used to play this game. Nine targets, nine receptions, two touchdowns. David Joku looked good. Jarvis Landry. Callaway's overrated. But there's pieces here. There's pieces here. They just need an offensive guru to get there. Problem is, Bruce Aaron's 66 years old. I mean, how many more years does he want to do this? We'll find out in our next segment. We'll find out if this is legit. But this is a good job for him. He comes in here and sets the the path for the next couple of years. Maybe what you do is you bring in Bruce Arians, right? And then you bring in an offensive coordinator, and then you have him trained under Bruce Arians, i.e. Byron Leftwich. I'm just giving you an example. And then when Arians retires in two years, boom, Byron Leftwich is the coach. Done. That's what you do. I don't think Byron Leftwich needs to be with with the Cardinals. He'll go help Baker Mayfield. That's what I would do. For Kansas City, I love, I love this. Oh, the, the Browns are good defense. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback. Kareem Hunt is a good running back. Travis Kelsey is a good tight end. Tyree Kill is a good receiver. Don't you tell me about good defenses. The Chiefs offense is better than all these defenses. They are. Who doesn't want to see the Chiefs play the Saints in the Super Bowl? Who doesn't want to see the Chiefs play the Rams in the Super Bowl? You know that's a game you want to see. I know that's a game I want to see. <laughs> Look, I respect the Patriots. I don't need to see them in the Super Bowl anymore. I'm done with that. I need to give an apology to Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons. At the beginning of the year, I thought that he was in danger of losing his job. The Falcons put 38 points on the Redskins this week. Matty Ryan, 350 yards and four touchdowns on the road. It's pretty darn good. Tevin Coleman, Ito Smith, 154 yards rushing. I got to give the, the, the Falcons a little credit drafting Ito Smith from Southern Mississippi. This guy was a Devonta Freeman clone, and you know what? He looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. And he can catch the ball too, by the way. They just don't have to use him in the passing game. But I also got to give them credit for drafting Calvin Ridley. You know, most people, see, the Falcons did what I always tell people to do in fantasy drafts. Just because you have two running backs doesn't mean you shouldn't have a third. 
means maybe sometimes you should have a third. And then you could trade from strength. Now the Falcons have Jones and Ridley. They don't need Sanu as much, but Sanu's there too. Sanu, Ridley, and Jones, and Hooper, pretty darn good. That's a good offense. If they didn't have the myriad of injuries on defense, this would be a pretty good team. Now, the problem with the Redskins is the following. First of all, Alex Smith is not very good. Alex Smith can't play from behind. Can't. Team's down. He's not leading you to victory. Secondly, if you played Adrian Peterson and your team lost, game flow. Once the, 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 the Falcons are up 21-7, Adrian Peterson's not doing anything in the second half. He's a big fat zero for you. Maurice Harris had 10 receptions. And by the way, with Paul Richardson out, don't you think Maurice Harris is going to be a big name that people are going to start picking up on in free agency? Problem is this. Don't ever trust Alex Smith throwing the football. Because next week, if the Redskins are winning, Maurice Harris goes one for 12. I kid you not. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. Miami against the Jets. Miami against the Jets. Let me say this. I think the Jets are hurting Sam Darnold's growth curve. First down, run play. Second down, run play. It's now third and eight. Good luck converting that, Sam. You need to be playing from strength. Third and one, third and two, maybe third and three. You have three at third and eight, third and nine. You're not going to complete those. This is the NFL. You're not going to get them. Isaiah Crowell's a bum who's had one good game. No, no, I'm serious when I say that. He may have had two. I may take that back. It may be two. I mean, but seriously, is he that good? Let's look at his game log this year. He had 102 yards the first week. 35, 34, 219, 40, 29, 25, 49. He literally had two good games. Take those two good games out. Here, I'm going to do that, and I'm not good at math. So he has 533 yards in the year, minus 219, minus 102, 212 yards in seven games. That's 30 yards a game. Really? How's that good? Seriously, how's that good? How's that helping Sam Darnold? I think Elijah McGuire is the bright light there. This guy can play. He can run. He can catch. See, Crowell's in there on first down. You know they're not throwing the football. See, NFL defenses are very smart. They see Crowell in there putting eight men in the box. They see McGuire in there. They don't know. That's why McGuire or Bilal Powell is the way, the way you should do it. That's why you can't be predictable in the NFL. Then when the Jets are down, which they inevitably are in every fourth quarter, Sam Darnold's chucking. I, I don't know why I didn't have the Dolphins defense in DFS. It was my biggest mistake of the weekend. It's my mistake. I mean, I hate Brock Osweiler, but I mean, he was good enough to win this game. And by the way, Frank Gore had 20 carries. 20 carries from Frank Gore. Unreal. Unreal. Danny Amendola led them with five receptions. Devontae Parker, one for eight. This is why you don't trade for, for guys on bad teams. Maybe you went out and got Devontae Parker and you were like, oh, this guy's going to be good. You spent a lot of money in fab, right? Devontae Parker, one for eight. 
And now you're like, really? Seriously? Kenya Drake, how did he look? Three carries for nine yards, four receptions for 26. Good luck with that. Wasn't even a 10-point game against the Jets, whose defense was good, by the way, but the offense is putrid. Putrid. So, speaking of putrid offenses, I will get to to that later because I want to talk about the Detroit Lions. I do. I want to talk about the Detroit Lions because that team, really, I think, imagine the Lions was a Jenga board and they pulled a piece of Golden Tate. How do you expect your team to stand? How do you expect your team to stand? You have Marvin Jones, you have Kenny Galladay. It's not good enough. TJ Jones, not good enough. Of course you lost to the Vikings. Vikings are a better team. The Vikings are a complete football team. The Lions are building. But there's a guy in the Vikings that I want to talk about. He's a guy I really like. But when I come back, Jake Arians joins me from TD Fantasy. We'll talk to Jake about this week nine. Guys who've been injured, guys to pick up, guys to trade for. And what's his dad going to do? What's Bruce Arians going to do? We'll find out when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right, we're back. Dr. Roto here from Scout Fantasy Sports. Go to scoutfantasysports.com. Enter the promo code ROTO70. That's ROTO70. And we'll give you 70% off your first month. And hopefully, we'll get you to a fantasy football championship. It's as simple as that. Ask us your questions. We'll give you the answers. Articles, podcasts, rankings. That's what we do at Scout Fantasy Sports. So check that out. Roto70 is the promo code. 70% off your first month at scoutfantasysports.com. All right, time for my guest. His name is Jake Arians from tdfantasy.com. What's up, Jake? How are you? Good, doctor. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm doing great, but uh, your dad is back in the news, my friend, about possibly yeah, going to Cleveland. Does, did, you, did, did he even tell you about this? Did you know about this? Or is this just one of those rumors that people just throw out there? How does it work in this industry? I, technically, I'm his agent. And uh, no, I woke up this morning to about 500 text messages of like, no, he doesn't want to coach again. And then uh, you know, I talked to him this afternoon after I saw it in Bleacher reporting quotes. And I was like, did you say that? He's like, yeah, I meant it. I, you know, that's the only job I would consider coming out of retirement for. So he, he's always had a passion there from the fan base and loved his time there. One of my best trivia questions is who was the offensive coordinator the only time the Browns have been back to the playoffs since they've been back in existence. 
which happened to be him. Kelly Holcomb threw for 450 in the spell in Pittsburgh. Um, I, there's always been a love affair there. He's wanted that job. He wanted that job when he, you know, was, was in Indy. He won the Coach of the Year Award in 2012. Didn't get it. So I think he, uh, I think he might listen. I don't know if he actually wants to come out of retirement to do it, but that would be the only one I think he'd do it for. Now, when when bringing a coach out of retirement like that, especially your dad has had a lot of success, right? Do, do you think he has to bring with him like an assistant? I'm just going to throw out like a Byron left, which is he have to bring a number two with him so that he's there for a couple of years and then he hands the ball off to somebody else? Or, I mean, he can't be looking at this as a long-term plan, right? No, but I mean, uh, I think ideally, yeah, you'd like to do something like that. Like Byron's one of those guys. Freddie Kitchens is one of those guys that he played for him in Alabama. He was with him for all five years in Arizona. He's already there on the staff. You know, I mean, having Baker Mayfield, Definitely gets the juices flowing. That part I know. He'd love to train an offense, specifically tailored around him to see what he could do with it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's 66. He's a young 66. I think of him more as like 45. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think ideally it would be build the culture, get the thing going the way you want it to go, and then have one of your guys take over when you're done. But being away from it for a year, um, I think he knows how much he misses it, how much – certain aspects of it. I mean, it would have to be the right situation for him to want to do it, but I think having one of his guys with the potential to take over for him would be very appealing. All right, so when you're coming back, and I don't mean to stick with this, but it's, it's, it's big news. You know, when you're yeah. coming back into to the football, I look personally, I would look at the general manager and I'd look at ownership. I like the general manager, but I do worry about an owner who's not always – uh, had had I don't, I don't know what's the right way to say this, Jake, but, you know, Jimmy Haslam, he's, he's been up and down as an owner. When you're coming back, is your dad, would he be able to call the shots or that's just not how it would work in a situation? Or would you not come back if your dad, if you're not able to call the shots? Well, I, 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 he's not the kind of guy that wants total control. So I know he has a ton of respect for this person. And I think they would work together great. And I know he's got a lot of respect for Mr. Haslam. I think the best way to describe it is he's an involved owner. Um, you know, sometimes those guys can get too involved, but I don't think he's, my dad's not the kind of guy that needs total control to be able to call all the shots. Uh, he's always a guy that's known his place and the owner of the owner. So, you know, there's always that respect factor there. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to come out of retirement. He made a bunch of money and he's coached a long time. So if you don't get everything you want, you might necessarily not have to go do it. Um, so there's probably a little give and take there. If you want me bad enough, this is how I want to do it. And these are the guys that I want to do it with. So, I think he's earned that right to do it that way, but I don't, I don't think he's the guy that needs total control. I want to look at John Gruden for a second in, in Oakland, and I think that the game passed by him. I really do. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but I, I watched that Raiders team, and it looks like there's a disconnect. I know your dad hasn't been out for football for that long, but do you think there's something that when you're not in there every day that you lose something, or do you think that the juices come back as quickly as you get back into it? No, I think the opposite. I think being removed for one year and doing it from an you know an analyst commentator role in CBS, watching what's going on in Chicago, L.A., uh, Kansas City, and seeing what your quarterback and Baker Mayfield can do and how this college game has changed, I think it really gets your juices flowing on being able to implement some of the stuff that's going on now in the game, plus some of the stuff you've had so much success doing for the last 25, 30 years. That marriage, to me, really gets, I think, would get his juices flowing. I haven't really talked to him about that yet, but I can imagine that would get him really excited. And I'd love to see what he would come up with. I mean, in my opinion, I'm pretty biased on this, but he's one of the best offensive minds we've seen in football in the last 15 or 20 years. So give him a year away to be an analyst and watch a lot of this other stuff. He's watching a lot of film on other teams, not necessarily watching himself every single day with those players, right? See other players that he likes, 
who would he like to implement if he got that job, those kind of things. I think it'd be pretty exciting to see what he'd come up with. And I agree with you. In, in Oakland, you know, John wasn't very good after he didn't have Tony Dungy's players. His track record of drafting guys isn't great. And, you know, accumulating all these draft picks and letting everybody go is great. But you really got to hit on a lot of them to turn this thing around to be any good in the next three or four years. Absolutely. And I worry about that. So let me, I think a lot of people might be interested in this. I know I am. For your dad to come back, is it a decision that he sits with you and mom and everybody and says, what do you think? Because this is a commitment. This is not, this is, this is every day, 24 seven. You're back into the limelight. Everybody's watching the Arians, his family. Is that something that is done? That, that can't be done capriciously, right? Is this a whole family decision that will get together and you guys will decide? Uh, it would definitely be a mom and dad decision. My sister and I have been out of the house for a long time. I'm 40 now and haven't lived with them in a long, long time. So I don't think I have that much of a say uh, other than I do represent him. And it would be a business decision it, when, when it comes to me in that point. It would be him and my mom, and they're at the lake, and their you know, life is good. So if it's something that uh, you know they thought they wanted to do again and they were both on board, I can see him doing it. But I can tell you this much. If he does it, he'll be 100% all in. He doesn't know any other way to do it. If it were you, would you come back for Baker Mayfield? Would you come back to the Browns offense? Would that intrigue you enough? I would damn sure listen. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I could say you know, I would or wouldn't, but I know how much he loves having young quarterbacks, being able to mold them, and not have any preconceived notions of what you think you're supposed to do here or there. He calls it brainwashing those young guys because they only do what you want them to do. You know, The thing with Carson, as much as he loved Carson Palmer, Carson was a West Coast guy until he got him. So he had all this stuff in his head trying to go from French to English to Portuguese, right? It's all speaking different languages. Having those young guys that you can brainwash in just the way that you want to do it, I know excites him. So, you know, Baker Baker is definitely a big part of it. I mean, if they didn't have that part there, I don't think he'd be that interested. But he loves Cleveland. He loves the fan base. He loves Baker. And I can see him being excited. It'll be interesting to see uh, how excited he gets and how much real interest is there. We're talking to Jake Arians from TDFantasy.com. And, you know, just taking a look at, at you know, the, the Browns after, you know, Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley, there was a name in a box score, Duke Johnson. It's like they hadn't used him all year. The guy gets nine targets. He gets nine receptions and two touchdowns. Where have they been hiding this guy, Jake? You know, fantasy, fantasy owners rejoice. Of those, of the, I wasn't one of them. They kept, they kept him around long enough to find that out. But, you know, I thought Freddie Kitchens did a really nice job with the offense. I, they had a really made a commitment to the run. I mean, I like that Chubb had 22 carries, I think, had a really solid day. I think that does nothing but help Baker Mayfield. Also keeps the defense on their heels. They're not the pass rushers at the same. And then you have a guy like that that you can utilize that can get nine targets. Duke Johnson is really good out of the backfield. I thought Freddie did a fantastic job of utilize, utilizing all of his weapons, especially when Callaway's kind of an up and down and they don't have really a secondary option that we're seeing right now. He did a really nice job of using the guys that he has. I thought they, they really played a, a good game. I mean, Kansas City's for real, but they hung in there for a long time. I, I said that as well. I think Cleveland did as good a job as they possibly could have. I mean, the Chiefs are a Super Bowl team, and, and, the, and the Browns hung in there, and, and the score might not have reflected a close game, but I thought the game was much closer than the score. Absolutely. No, it definitely was. And they're, you know, they're beat up a little bit. The defense was so good last year and didn't get enough credit. Greg Williams has done a hell of a job there. Uh, and has it done this year, too. I mean, they were a little bit beat up. And that offense, they've turned it over a little bit, but they've had some injuries, and they got a lot of young players playing. They the line, I don't think they could have played a whole lot better. All right, let's take a look at a team, the Detroit Lions, who made a big trade in the uh, uh, last week before the trade deadline. They got rid of Golden Tate. And just before we went to our last break, I said that Golden Tate was like the Jenga board where you pulled out the piece and everything crumbled. 
I mean, it looked like Matthew Stafford was lost out there. The team did, was, not, was not working offensively. Could one guy be that important to an offense? I think so because he's, he's the hot read guy, right? So if Matthew Stafford needs to get rid of it quick and they're running an option route and they've got that kind of chemistry, he knows where Golden Tate's going to be. He's so good after the catch. He's almost like a running back once he gets it in the open field. They had that chemistry where they didn't necessarily run everything on schedule the way that the play was designed and could have success. I said on our show last week, don't be surprised if Amir Abdullah ends up playing in the slot because he's a matchup nightmare and catches it great out of the backfield, but he wasn't even active for the game. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I I liked it from the future of the team moving on because he was going to cost a ton of money, but you just took your franchise quarterback's best piece and most chemistry that he has. And I don't think people put enough emphasis on a quarterback and the receivers of timing, chemistry, just being able to look at a guy right there and nod, and you both are on the same page. And you take that away, it's going to take a while before they figure out how to use those other guys because they don't really have another slot guy that could do the things that Golden Tate did for them. From Philly's point of view, I love it. I think once he gets acclimated to what they're doing there, he's going to be phenomenal for that offense. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second. Golden Tate's now with Philadelphia. You've got Alshon Jeffrey. You've got Zach Ertz. Now you have Golden Tate. You have Nelson Aguilar. Who gets hurt? Does Ertz get hurt by this? Does Jeffrey get hurt? I know that Aguilar gets hurt by this. Who gets helped? Who gets hurt? How do you figure it out? I think it's all Aguilar. I don't think I think Jeffrey's going to get his. Ertz is going to get his regardless. They're not running it very well. I think they don't more of the, a lot of the RPOs that they ran in the playoffs in the Super Bowl last year that they're so successful with, and they try to get Golden Tate in space to run after the catch stuff. Jeffrey's kind of a straight-line guy. Go up and get it. Ertz is a matchup nightmare, so he's going to get his. I think Aguilar is probably the only guy that really gets hurt here. And I think in a couple weeks, I'd love to own Golden Tate in a couple weeks. The Philly schedule going down the stretch is much easier than it was the first half of the season. That's, that's very true. We're talking to Jake Arians from TDFantasy.com. Now, we had mentioned Baker Mayfield's a guy that looks really good, and I think that most teams out, most people out there would want him to be their starting quarterback. But I want to look at another team right now, the New York Jets. I, I was saying earlier that the Jets offensive coordinator, Jeremy Bates, is just putting Darnold in bad spots. They, they're very predictable. Isaiah Crowell has, has had two good games all year. Everything else has been under 40 yards. It always seems like they're, they're third and eight or third and nine, and he's being forced into making a lot of bad plays. Are the Jets ruining Darnold so early in his career? I don't think so because he's played so well at home. I, I think he's really struggling on the road. I don't know what you're saying. They're pretty predictable what they're doing, but they don't really have a lot of pieces. Anunua was kind of nice and looked like they had some chemistry in the plot. That's kind of gone away. He got hurt and missed the game. Uh, I think a lot of it's just it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL. It's really hard to do it as a rookie. I, I think he's done a nice job. But he's had some really good games at home. And it's one of those things. I mean, Peyton Manning threw more interceptions than touchdowns his rookie year. Andrew Luck's always thrown a lot of interceptions. Um, it would help if they had more pieces around him. The offensive line was a little bit better, but I don't think they're ruining him. I, I think I, I'd watch out for that team in the next couple of years. I mean, they're going to be, what, still $90, $100 million under the cap. I think that's a great landing spot for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that was my pick, one of my picks for Patrick Peterson. If the, if the Cardinals did trade him, that would go back to Todd Bowles. Uh, I love what Todd's doing there. But I think they do need to be a little bit more creative. They probably need to get a little bit what we're talking about if, if my dad went to Cleveland and sat out for a year and you build the offense specifically around what that guy is able to do, and you, you implement some of the stuff that you're seeing in college, it's really having a lot of success in the NFL right now. All right, you mentioned Le'Veon Bell, so let's talk about him. I don't think he, the, the Steelers play in a short week. I would think there's a 99% chance you're not seeing him play against Carolina on Thursday. Do you think you see him week 11? 
you know, it's amazing to me they didn't trade him. The Pittsburgh that I know so well is they don't they don't negotiate during the season. They're not giving in to anybody. They're going to lose him in six games anyway. It's amazing to me they didn't try to get something back for him. But I know there had to be some decent stuff on the table. I mean, the craziest stat I've seen in a long time was James Conner, the first Steelers player with 1,000 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns in the first eight games of the season. First player ever in the Steelers history. That, that was shocking to me. The guy has been phenomenal for them. The locker room has settled down. They've won, like, what, four or five straight. Look like they figured it out. Now, at the same time, if, if, if James Conner slips in the shower and is out for the year, they, they open arms for Le'Veon Bell to come back and he plays you know, that first Sunday. It'll be interesting because he's a really good player. He's a dynamic player, but that locker room seems to be good right now. I, I think you probably see him, but in a limited role. I don't think it's like years past where he comes back and he's now the bell cow again. I think Conner's really deserved to be the starter for the rest of the year, and maybe Le'Veon Bell's the one spelling him, or you got him on the field together and you get kind of creative with some of that stuff, but you know, but what Mike Tomlin said to me was very telling, that we want volunteers, not hostages. Do you think that Bell coming back can hurt the Steelers' chances? Because I think it can. I mean, I know he's a phenomenal player, but now that he's, if he's back, you have to worry about him. You can't give Le'Veon Bell five carries a game, five touches, or, or do you just not give a crap about what he thinks and you let him play the six games and you, and you ship him out? That's really interesting because the locker room wasn't all on his side. I mean, I'm, I'm all about players, go get your money, right? And I played this game, I'm usually 100% behind the players. You have a limited time to make your money in this league, go do it. But now when you're giving up $800,000 a week to go be a free agent, it doesn't make any sense. The locker room was split on whether they wanted him back. The offensive line didn't like it at all. You got a guy like Connor who's in there just banging his head against the wall. Is giving to him 100 times, he's going to just keep running as hard, 100 times as hard as he can. I think, I think they can be worse. I think it can hurt him because he did this as a selfish way. This wasn't about, okay, I'll take my 14 and a half million guarantee. We'll make a run at the Super Bowl. I'll be a free agent next year. It was 100% about Bell, not about the Steelers. I don't think that sits good in the locker room, especially on a team that's winning right now and getting better. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it could hurt him. Would you trade for him in a fantasy league right now? If somebody offered you Le'Veon Bell, would you take him? Yeah, because injuries happen every day. Depends on you know. Depends on what you got to give up for him. But I've actually thought about that in one of my leagues. Is everybody that has him is pissed off and they're frustrated, and you still don't know what's, what you're going to get. And now Connor, I got Connor in all three of my leagues. That was my steal of the year. Was saying, okay, if this happens, I like this kid. I know enough about this organization, the coaching staff. I think he has a big year. Uh, but I would definitely look at it. I mean, because like I said, if you know he's he takes one hit on a shoulder, he's out a week or two. Le'Veon Bell comes back has 200 yards rushing and 80 yards receiving. And Connor didn't get his job back. That's just the nature of the beast in the NFL. All right, one last question for you. Eli Manning, does he finish the year as the Giants quarterback? Because if he doesn't, does it devalue Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham and Evan Engram and Sterling Shepard and all those guys fantasy-wise? You know, it's amazing. We talked about this a lot last year, and, and I said a bunch, and I don't still think people realize how much power Eli Manning has in that building. And I think it's a lot less this year than it was last year when they changed coaching staffs. I just don't know who you replace him with. The trade, trade deadline's gone. Yeah, you got a draft pick there. If I had to guess one way or the other, I'd probably say no. But I think that absolutely, I think that diminishes everybody else exactly what you're talking about. Maybe not Saquon. He's catching eight, nine balls a game because he might want to get out of his hand and not get hit. So he's getting a bunch of dump downs and his fantasy value's skyrocketing. I think it kills Odell Beckham. I think it kills Ingram, kills Shepard. It's a week to week thing. It depends on which defense they're playing. But yeah, I don't think it helps any of them. All right, Jake Arians from TDFantasy.com. Thanks so much for joining us and excited to see your name in the news as your dad in the next couple of days.
We'll see how it goes. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks for being on. Great stuff from Jake Arians, and I think the insight that you get for him as a former player and his dad as a coach, and you know what? He was right. James Conner is the man right now, and I don't know. I think that the, that Steeler locker room, they, they've, come to, they've come to really appreciate how good James Conner is, and considering what he's gone through, it, it's, it's really a, an amazing story. It really is. It's an amazing story, and I'm glad to have been a part of it because I'm a, one of his owners, right, as is Jake. All right, when we come back, I'm going to give you a couple of names of guys that you're going to want to own and you're going to want to trade for. I've got one guy in particular. He better be on your team as you move forward if you want to win your fantasy football league. Who is this name? I'll let you know right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. It's Dr. Roto here. Shh. Vegas Whispers. Go to VegasWhispers.com. Shh. But only if you want to win. If you like gambling, just use the promo code HOT50. HOT50. And get your first month for $50 instead of $149. And I'm telling you guys, they are so, it's been so on fire. I don't even know how to describe it. It's been so on fire. I mean, their winning percentage in the last nine days is 74%. Now look, anybody who's 100%, this person doesn't exist. If your percentages in this industry, like 58%, you're, you're a, a god. 74% puts you on Mount Olympus. All right? You're never going to be 100%. But what I'm telling you, 74% is like handing out free money. So check out VegasWhispers.com. And if you join there and if you, you can get an exclusive a, a tw- a Twitter handle at the private Twitter handle, Right? It's a VIP, or there's a Slack chat VIP. So they're giving you sharp, sharp info. And really, you know, if you are a gambler, if you're a player like that, VegasWhispers.com. And I'm telling you, I know the secret sauce. I know the Krabby Patty formula. And these guys have it. That's just fact. You're just going to have to trust me on that. If you ever trusted anything I ever told you, this is legit. Okay. Now, the guy I want to trade for right now in fantasy football is my man Dalvin Cook. He is so good. He is such a game changer. When I went to Las Vegas in September, I went with a mission. I wanted Christian McCaffrey in the first round and Dalvin Cook in the second round. It didn't happen. 
Didn't happen. I'm being honest, it didn't happen. Christian McCaffrey, all of a sudden, I thought he, he was going in like the end of round one, beginning of round two. He started to go like round, pick in the first round, pick seven or eight. But Dalvin Cook was lasting. And I took him in a couple of places in round two. Sadly, he had the injury. But when this guy's right, and trust me, it's been two years right now. We've never seen Dalvin Cook right. We've never seen it. But how good is he? He can catch. He can run. Trust me when I tell you the Vikings do not want to throw the ball 47 times a game. They don't. They want to run the football. They want Kirk Cousins to throw it 30 times a game, not 42. I love Dalvin Cook. And I'm looking at the matchups here. All right, they're on bye next week. Then it's the Bears. Eh, That's tough. Packers, no problem. Patriots, I'll tell them good with that. Seahawks, did you see uh, Melvin Gordon run through them? Dolphins, oh baby. Lions, two of the worst run, run defenses anywhere. The Dolphins and the Lions, two of the worst run defenses anywhere, gets Dalvin Cook week 15 and 16. Hello. You might win a fantasy championship right there. Seriously, right there. That's how good that team is. So I'm telling you, I like me some Dalvin Cook. If you can get him in your home league, get him. He's a difference maker. All right, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. I don't know if you watched this game, but Joe Flacco was really bad. He was. He was really bad. He underthrew Mark Andrews three times in the end zone. Mark Andrews is like six foot four, six foot five, and he had he had the position, and then he just underthrew him three times. Mark Andrews went three for fifty. He should have been six for eighty-two and three touchdowns. I would have been your rich friend today because I had him all over the place on DK. But he missed Michael Crabtree. He missed Mark Andrews. Joe Flacco had a terrible game yesterday. But here's the problem. Lamar Jackson's worse. Lamar Jackson, the king of the one-hop. I told you that, king of the one-hop. This, this is not shortstop, dude. It's quarterback. One-hops don't cut it. By the way, I want to give special, special attention to Joshua Dobbs, who had came in when Ben Roethlisberger, I thought Ben Roethlisberger was dead. I mean, literally laid out like that. And then he came in and he had one, one pass for 22 yards and it got him out of a hole. That was a great play. All right, if I had to go buy into a team right now, I think I'm buying into the Chargers. Here's why. The Chargers are doing what the Chargers are doing without Joey Bosa, who is one of the biggest three impact players on defense in the NFL. He's not even around, and they're playing this well. Keenan Allen hasn't done anything this year, and they're, and they're, do, and they're winning games. This is a team on the rise. I think the Chargers can go 11-5 and five this year. I do. For Seattle, I love Mike Davis. Oh, my God. If Chris Carson's not playing, I love Mike Davis. I don't care if he's playing the Rams. I don't care if he's playing the Clams. I don't care who he's playing. I'm playing Mike Davis. I love this guy. I do. He's a beast. He's a legit beast. Doug Baldwin may be the worst second-round or third-round pick that anybody had this year. It's not good. I mean, Nick Vanette had more receptions than Doug Baldwin. Tyler Lockett, three for 22. How's that helping you? Houston Texans against the Denver Broncos. I beg you, please. 
I beg you, please trade Lamar Miller right now. Trade him. Trade him. He stinks. Plays the Broncos. He gets 21 rushing yards and 21, 27 receiving yards. He's junk. Dante Foreman's about two weeks away. Trade Lamar Miller now. Trade for Dalvin Cook. Trade Lamar Miller. Trade Mike Evans. You want to win your fantasy league? That's what you're going to do. All right, we have a caller on there. Who's our? What's up? What's up, caller? How are you? Hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. How you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I have a quick uh, fantasy question. Um, so uh, my team, I have two teams. One, uh, one I'm eight and zero, and then the other one is six and two. But I'm about to lose on my six and two team, and um, I'm looking for uh, wide receivers. That, I mean, obviously this week has to pass. But uh, if Amari, I'm, I'm a big Cowboys fan, so I. I'm hoping for Amari Cooper to have a big game tonight so I can uh, – and then eventually maybe uh, – potentially maybe he can be available in the waiver wire. So depending on his game tonight and then depending on, like, how the other uh, – like the receiver the, uh, the tier two receivers did or two, tier three, do you think – do you put him uh, – depending on this game tonight, I mean, do you still have Amari uh, Cooper above the other receivers? Yeah, it's a good question. I think this is a really good night to watch the Cowboys because the Titans' secondary is kind of weak. Malcolm Butler's been beaten all year, really. And I think the Cowboys have to get Cooper involved. The problem is he gets very disinterested. He's very disinterested when he doesn't get the football. So Dak Prescott has to go to him in the first quarter. I don't know whether he's a legitimate number one receiver in the NFL or a number one fantasy receiver, but he's certainly a number two fantasy receiver. He's certainly going to get double-digit targets. My guess is he goes probably like seven for 80 tonight, maybe on nine targets. And and look, I think that's a solid player. I, I think the Cowboys needed him desperately. So if he's a guy that you're targeting, I have no problem with that. I think he could certainly help you moving forward. All right. Uh, and then... Um... I mean, like, do you think um, do you do you put him over uh, Golden Tate by any chance? Or well, the problem is, yes, I do put him over Golden Tate for one specific reason. Golden Tate has Alshon Jeffrey there. He's got Zach Ertz there. He's one of three guys. Where Amari Cooper is the number one guy, right? The difference is that Philadelphia is a better offense in Dallas. But at the end of the day, I try to go for the number one receivers because those are the guys that produce and score more touchdowns. Golden Tate is a very good receiver, but he's not a touchdown guy. In a PPR league, Tate is valuable, but in a standard or half-point PPR, Cooper is more valuable. Oh, okay. All right, thank you, man. Uh, Thanks for taking my call, and uh, I enjoyed the show. Yeah, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think when you're going after somebody, when when you're making a trade, You want to look at what your rules are. So, for example, I love Golden Tate. I love Golden Tate. But he's a PPR machine, right? Seven for 67, eight for 88. But he's not a touchdown guy. Amari Cooper should be a touchdown guy. He should be legit. I really don't want to watch this game tonight because I hate the Cowboys and it's a boring game. But I will, of course, watch it because that's what I do. But the one thing that intrigues me most about tonight's game is Amari Cooper. Will Dallas use him properly? Will he be the legitimate number one receiver that they need? I hope so. I do. I hope so. The Texans, adding Demarius Thomas was very important for them because DeAndre Hopkins is the bomb. I mean, 10 for 105 and a touchdown? Wow. 
But Demarius Thomas really, I mean, he helps them. He only had three targets, three receptions, but he was okay in the beginning part of that game. By the way, on Denver's side, Jeff Huerman was terrific. And I should have known better because the Texans are always soft against the tight end. Always. But you got to get Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders more involved. All right, two more games I want to cover, and they'll cover tonight's Monday night game. Rams, Saints. What a game. Really, what a game. Michael Thomas out of control, 211 yards and a touchdown. Benjamin Watson looked really good. Rams do not cover the tight end well. Alvin Kamara, sensational. Mark Ingram did really nothing to speak of. But I'm just going to say this. I want to see the Rams with Aqib Tlaib play the Saints. Because Aqib Tlaib can limit Michael Thomas. You're never going to stop Michael Thomas. But he can limit him. He can. For the, for the Rams, Todd Gurley only had 13 carries. That was a problem. Brandon Cooks, Cup, Woods, they played well, but they could play better. I thought defensively they played horribly. Marcus Peters is overrated. Marcus Peters is bad. Seriously, they could not cover Michael Thomas. And Drew Brees at home, man, he is a must-start when he plays in that dome. He is a must-start. It's like the Rockies in Coors Field. That's how good he is. That's a great game. You telling me you don't want to see that in the NFC Championship game? Yes, you do. You know you do. I don't care what team you root for. You know you want to see that game again. All right, New England at Green Bay. Tom Brady, 294 yards and a touchdown. But I just want to talk for just a millisecond about the Patriots. Cordell Patterson, he's now a running back. How come the Raiders and the Vikings and all these teams couldn't handle Cordell Patterson, but New England makes him into a real player? Why is that? Because great coaches make great players into something. You have any doubts that Bruce Arians is going to make Baker Mayfield the top quarterback? That's why it's a great hire if they hire him. It's an outstanding hire. Because he makes great quarterbacks. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, if they don't hire Bruce Arians, they should hire Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels made Tim Tebow good. What would he do with Baker Mayfield? Legit. Josh Gordon, 5 for 130 and a touchdown. You think he's been helpful? Yeah. Now you wish you drafted Josh Gordon in round 3 or 4 in your fantasy drafts. For Green Bay, I love Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mentioned that before. But Mike McCarthy has to get fired. Please, Jamal Williams doesn't merit any carries. Aaron Jones is 10 times the player, 10 times the runner that Jamal Williams is. It's an easy one. But I am excited for Green Bay. I love their young receivers. Equinemius St. Brown, Valdez, Scantling, Adams, Allison. It's a very exciting young team there. Really is. Just needs some defense. All right, so let's talk about tonight's game. Dallas and Tennessee. So, Dak Prescott. Dak's been pretty good. He's been pretty good recently. But this is a Zeke team. Zeke is going to get his 20-25 carries. That's what Zeke does. Amari Cooper will be involved in this offense. 8-10 to 10 targets. Cole Beasley, 4-5 to five targets. Alan Hearns, hopefully off the field. Michael Gallup, hopefully the number 2 receiver. Hopefully. Now, if Hearns is a number 2 receiver and not Gallup, I will be disappointed. Because Gallup has way more potential than Alan Hearns. 
Jeff Swaim is inactive. Maybe Blake Jarwin makes a play. Who knows? I don't expect much there. I think this is Zeke getting 120 yards rushing tonight and a touchdown. I think this is Cooper with 80 yards and a touchdown. For Tennessee, you know, my most, my most disappointing player of the year is Derrick Henry. I'm delusional. I, I will like Derrick Henry. I just think he's in, a, in the wrong team for him. It's hard to watch this team. It's hard to watch Marcus Mariota. It's hard to watch Corey Davis and Taylor and Sharp. I mean, Matt LaFleur goes there and you would expect this offense to be better, but it's not. And and they look like, and it looks like they're proud of being below average. You've got pieces here, Henry and Lewis and Davis. I don't know why they can't. This, this to me is like the Jets offense. You can't win in the NFL just playing defense and hoping for the best on offense. You have to have an offensive game plan. If you don't have an offensive game plan, you're not going to win. And that's the problem with the Titans. Mariota's not a great quarterback. He's good. He's not great. He's not a great thrower of the football. He's an okay thrower of the football. He's a great runner of the football, but you're afraid that if he runs, he'll get himself killed. So you got to give the ball to Deion Lewis, and you got to throw it every once in a while to Corey Davis, and it's a very hard game to watch. What am I watching for tonight? Zeke Elliott, Corey Davis, because I want him to be good. One of my friends has him, and I want to see Amari Cooper. Low-scoring game tonight. Start your kickers. Brett Maher, Ryan Suckup. That's what I think you're going to see. All right. I enjoyed this. I did. I enjoyed this. So what do I want you to do? I want you to go over your rosters, and I want you to figure out the guys that you can trade. Do you have Mike Evans? Move him. You have Lamar Miller? Move him. You want to go get Dalvin Cook? Go get him. Take a look at the playoff races. Take a look at the playoff matchups and make the right deals now. Make the right deals now to set yourself up for success. But right now it's time to put away the insurance cards, put away the copay. The office is closed, my friends. Remember, once again, scoutfantasysports.com. Enter the promo code ROTO70. That'll get you 70% off your first month. And vegaswhispers.com, hot 50. If you want to win money in gambling... You want to play? You want to beat Vegas? Go to VegasWhispers.com. All right? Hot 50 is the code that you need there. All right, guys. Enjoyed being here. Adam Ronis is with you tomorrow. You can check me out at Scal Fantasy Sports. All right. If you need to win tonight, good luck. I'm rooting for you. This is Dr. Ronis Be well. Take care.